Welcome into a Toast Film, everybody. I'm your host, Trey. And I'm your host, Ebo. And guys, we got a lot of good stuff for you here. I mean, we've, uh, we're sorry we weren't able to make it last week, but our man, you know, Ebo's been on a nice journey. We want y'all to follow this guy, okay, to the, to the, the promised land of the rich and famous. But, uh, yeah, th- this man got a gig, you know, in, um, Asheville. Pump the brakes. Yeah, I'm excited about this. And, and it, I, our, it, it was not in Asheville. Where was it at? Pump the brakes. We'll get into that. Okay. It was in North Carolina. So this episode is late slash early. Okay. Because we, instead of having a week off, you know, because we always produce on Sundays. Yeah. We missed this past Sunday, so we're recording early, Mm -hmm. so it'll be there before this upcoming Sunday. Right. So think of this as a bigger episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get into what Trey is alluding to. You know, it was me, my fault. (laughs) Then we'll also get into how we can offer some advice to the Oscars to fix some of these, quite frankly, suck, you know, nominations that came out. Yeah. Because some of these, I mean, there was some atrocities, Trey. We'll get into that. Yeah. We're going to have a review for you, The Mm. Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, I can say that correctly. Oh, man. We might have a little extra review ski for, you know... Our viewers, our listeners, if you will, just to make up for things. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that later. Right. And then also, you know, we got to have a top five. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get into the top five later. But just know it's a big, legendary fire list. <laughs> but, okay, so before we get into the Oscar stuff, what Trey was alluding to is, for those who don't know, I am an actor. That mm-hmm. is what, you know, movies are my passion, yeah. film, you know, TV. So I have been in the trenches trying and trying, doing Zoom auditions, you know, applications, endless cover letters, you know, did promo, photo shoot, everything. Um, recording stuff, both audio and visual, you know, and... But man's been out there. Yeah, about like 50 deep. Yep. Nothing. Well, you know, that happens. the 51st one was the one. And so I was a part of a commercial shoot. I can't say much, but it was a commercial shoot in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And it was with this company, Remedy, and very small crew, literally three-man job. And they were the coolest guys, very professional, very nice equipment. It's amazing, dude. Like, real pleasure to work with. And then all the actors and actresses that I worked with were just the nicest people. We mm-hmm. started the day as strangers, ended the day, you know, like, real friends, which was nice because we were in a penthouse at the end of the day. <laughs> but, you know, all these people, they are going to do big things. I see so much potential and so much talent in them. And if I, let's see if I can just real briefly, cause it wasn't many of us, right? you know, cause it was very COVID protocols, you know, very, very professional, but the actors and actresses, there was myself, there was another Eddie. You had Melvin, Justin, Kellen, Chris, and that was just the guys. And then for the um, female actresses, you had Hannah, 
you had Alex and you had Caroline. And that was it. Us, nine actors, actresses, and then three crew. That was it the entire day. That's crazy, man. You know, multiple locations, 13-hour day. Right. You know, and for me, eight hours there, eight hours back. Yeah. Not the greatest, but just an amazing experience. When I can talk more about it, I will, you know, because I know how things can get. Uh, But, hey, I bet it was a great experience. But it was an amazing experience and genuinely, like, some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Oh man, see, and that's and that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That's that's where everyone always says you want to find something that doesn't feel like work, you know. Some you have a great. It did time. not feel like work. Yeah. Because let me tell you, your boy found out how out of shape he was because we were doing <laughs> some sports stuff, and <laughs> let's just say Big Papa had to, you know, get out the ice packs. Oh man, I believe it. But you know, we're talking about me, you know, a, a actor in the very early stages. Yeah. You know, where it's just proving yourself, adapting, mm-hmm. learning, yeah. trying to soak up all you can. But let's get to people who are being recognized. They're at a higher standard. So on the 15th, we got the Oscar nominations mm. for this year. Now, if, if I've said before, because I typically do, I get very miffed by the Oscars. I'm pretty sure a bunch of people do. Well, to me, the biggest travesty is that Oscar, the Academy Awards, they are not required to watch anything. Yeah, which is ridiculous. But here's the thing. I think the one thing that's really insane is that, you know, a couple years ago when they started putting Netflix um, titles on there and the snooty people around the Oscars, they, they wouldn't vote for it. Because they they're, they're like, this isn't, you know, considered film. I'm like, no, it actually is. It's ran by a production company. It just doesn't go to theaters. That's the only difference. Yeah. Streaming, thankfully, is now being more recognized. Yeah. But it still takes... Because you got to remember one thing about the Academy Award voters. They are all just about... I mean, sure, there's a few less. Mm-hmm. But they're all just about over 50 years old. Yeah. And, you know, predominantly Caucasian. And, you know, so that show reflects in a lot of the nominees yeah. we get each year. You know, your Meryl Streep's. Yeah. Whether they were deserving or not. If you're, once you become an Oscar favorite, you don't even have to have the best performance. Yeah. You just get nominated on name alone. Absolutely. But we're going to go in. We're going to make this positive, And we're going to shed the light on some people, you know, and movies that we feel need some more love. Yeah. So starting out real quick. These are just three movies that I thought, really, like, these had so much going for them, and there's nothing that you could have nominated, even, you know, costuming or sound or anything. Right. And that was Freaky, which you know I loved. Yes. Palm Springs, which we both gave yes, high regards. love Palm Springs. And Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. which, you know, such a colorful, fun movie. Birds of Prey, beautiful cinematography. But here's a big one, and that is... Why in the hell is Regina King not nominated for Best Director? Yeah, you know, I haven't seen that movie yet, but I have heard you praise it over and over and over. One Night Miami is a such a competently made movie, mm-hmm. while at the same time being such an enjoyable movie. I mean, it's four guys, four legends. Yeah. And we'll get into that with the actor. That's something a lot of directors don't do nowadays, writers and directors. They, they make a movie, they want to make it confusing, they want to... 
make the audience think how intelligent they are mm-hmm. because they're writing a script that's just, you know, um, totally bonkers, you know? Yeah. Al- along the way, we've missed the part about we want the audience to enjoy the movie. Well, a lot of the a lot of the time, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, and like with this, I mean, there's things going on because I mean, this you know is somewhat based on history. Yeah, they add in historical elements, but this at the end of the day is four best friends. Yeah, sitting around talking. Exactly. That is the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, no exploding, you know, gun chase all that. Right. But Regina King, so good. If it were up to me, I would either remove David Fincher for Mank. Or Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, mm-hmm. which I have mentioned multiple times, <laughs> and you will hear on this list multiple times. I love David Fincher though, but well, you got see when you're judging though, you gotta take the love of the person aside, yeah, and you gotta judge work. True, true. But um, sorry if y'all hear the dogs, the hounds. <laughs> we're recording a little early, so they're awake. <laughs> but Regina King, such a great job. I mean, this was her debut movie. Yeah, that's impressive. Actress turned director, just such a great lady, such a great talent. So let's get into actor. So supporting, and I thought this was just, I don't know if this was just, you know, ignorant oversight or deliberate or what, but Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield are both in the supporting category. I hate when they do that. Well, it's confusing to people who don't know a lot about movies because then it's like, who would you consider it as the lead? Yeah. When Lakeith Stanfield opens and starts the movie, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, and we're talking about Juice and Black Messiah, yeah. he is like Fred Hampton. He's the lead yeah. character. So I thought that was kind of bad. And I would have liked to also see Colin Firth in this category. Oh, yeah. Or um, Aldous Hodge, who played Jim Brown, Eli Gorey, who played Muhammad Ali, or Kingsley Bender, who played Malcolm X. Because yeah. they did give a nomination for Leslie Odom Jr., which I was very happy about. Yes. He's in Hamilton. He's going to be in the upcoming In the Heights. One Night in Miami. Yeah. Well, that's what he was nominated for. Yeah. Well, and he, they're also um, nominated for um, Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. So they might win that, too. But also want your vision to win for Best so, Original Song. You're jumping around. I know. I just you, had to get excited. You're throwing a curveball. But I'm glad you brought that up because... Of every nomination, mm-hmm. that is the one that made me the happiest. Yeah. Because Eurovision, I mean, in my top three of the year. Yeah, so good. I still, like, will just watch clips from it, listen to the songs, and I am so happy that Husevic won, like, yeah. was nominated, and I really want it to win. I do, too. But jumping back a little to the actor, so Daniel Kluwer, Keith Stanfield, I would like one of them, just for prosperity and clarity's sake, Yeah. put to Best Actor... I would take out Gary Oldman, and I would take out Anthony Hopkins. So this is my opinion. Not This does not reflect Trey. This does not reflect a toast to film. This yeah. reflects Eddie. Uh-huh. Just me. I personally think the time for Anthony Hopkins as an actor is over. Mm. It's been over. Mm. And I officially, because I do not think he has it anymore. It's kind of like in sports. Like, you know, I'm, I've am i mentioned before, I'm a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. Some of the guys in their 60s, they can still do it. Yeah. Some of them look like your grandpa, you know, who watched it on TV too many times and right. was like, I'm going to go show them. Yep. Yeah. Like, so for me, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, I appreciate everything he's done in his career, but it's over. 
Ah, man. And in his place, I would add Stanley Tucci, who gave a just such an endearing performance in Supernova as a man who is starting to lose his memory and mind I gotcha. to dementia. Just the fact that he wasn't nominated, it really irked me. Yeah. But let's get into actress. We got some cool stuff here. So once again, starting with supporting. So remember I mentioned uh, those people who get in by name alone? Mm-hmm. Glenn Close is one of those people. Oh, yeah. So Glenn Close, who played everyone's grandma at the flea market mm-hmm. in uh, Hillbilly Elegy, which <laughs> I did not think was that an amazing movie, <laughs> needs to be taken out and mm-hmm. replaced by Helena Zagel, who was in News of the World. And when I saw this, I told Trey... Very excited to see that. She outacted Tom Hanks, which is a very... Tough feat. Tough feat for anybody, let alone a child. Yeah, Tom Hanks is one of the greats. Love Tom Hanks. But she, oh my God, so deserved it. An actress, I'm very happy for Vanessa Kirby and Carrie Mulligan. And Carrie Mulligan would be my person if mm-hmm. I could pick the winner. Mm-hmm. But I would remove Frances McDormand. And replace her with Anya Taylor-Joy from Emma. Fair choice. Because Anya Taylor-Joy, she is a phenomenal actress. And that movie was the first movie where she like really got to be a lead. Like She's done yeah. so much stuff. But in that one, it's like, look, this is my movie. Yeah. Every time I'm on screen, you're going to notice. And you're going to, like, whether you love me or hate me in the movie, you're going to appreciate. Queen's Gambit came out 2021, right? So that'll be for next yeah. year? Well, that also would be for um, the Golden sure. Globes. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be a miniseries. Yeah. Because it is going to uh, get some votes already. And I would take out Vanessa Kirby, who did a great performance in Peace of a Woman. Such a good. You can listen to our review. But I would take her out and add Elizabeth Moss. Oh, me too, who man. put her heart and soul and tears and snot into Invisible Man. Elizabeth Moss is the best crazy mm-hmm. actress there is. She's one of my favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. I love her. She is awesome at what she does. Mm-hmm. And she makes it so believable that oh, yeah. she's frantic, losing her mind. No one could have played a better part. Oh, no, no one. I'm convinced. No. There's only one person who might have come close. And that's because she showed similar greatness and just being somebody who is tired, somebody who's scared, somebody mm-hmm. who's frantic. And that was Marin Ireland in The Dark and the Wicked. So true. Great pick. She she is a very under the radar actress that should be leading more movies. Her performance in The Dark and the Wicked is what scared me the most about that movie because she was so believable it almost made me feel like we're we're watching something and that we're not supposed to be seeing from a different yeah. timeline or something. It's like it didn't seem like cameras were behind this of a movie. It seemed like we were really watching the inside of some family and what they're going through on this farm. Her performance was out of this world. Yeah, man. great movie. Which we'll get into something about that. But real quick and. Once again, this is going to the the name thing. Mm. Disney Pixar. Yeah. You're almost guaranteed to get a nomination. So I was happy with Soul, but I don't think Onward should have been nominated. It 
it was a good movie, but just nothing special about it. Oh, I love Onward, though. Well, you're a little D&D yeah. nerd, but I would have added The Croods, A New Age, mm. which was one of the funniest movies I saw. Maybe for a different category. Other than animated? Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe... No. Animation. Cinematography. <laughs> I think for animated best picture, Croods should have been nominated because mm-hmm. that movie is so colorful and it is so funny. Mm. And the voice acting, I mean, Nicolas Cage, when he has the fight with the monkeys. Oh, yeah. Like, just so great. So, um, we're going to get into a couple of the categories, you know, the some people, you know, they don't show love because if you're, it's not about the people. Right. You know, this is the side stuff. This is what makes a movie, though. Yeah. So, makeup and hair. I already said hillbilly elegy. I mean, you're basically just making folks look dirty. Yeah. Replace that with Psycho Gorman. Ooh. Practical effects. Just such a great movie. You, y'all have heard us just ooh and awe over it. And they had such good, like, makeup and practical effects. Like, everything was done with practical effects. Yeah. So... I think that should happen. For visual effects sound in any of those categories, I would have liked to see The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yes. Because such cool effects. I mean, the wolf and everything. Oh, 100%. But also the sound, you know, the score, it added, like, to the tension. It's we can add into attention. The Dark and the Wicked. Oh, my God. The sound mixing, you feel like you're there. And, like, something evil is there. Oh, yeah, totally agree. You feel it in your heart. Cinematography, how is Supernova not nominated? Most of the movie is the European countryside. Yeah, exactly. Just beautiful. But let's get into the thing that makes me the maddest. Oh, and can we also add Tenet? Well... You know, you're more of a tenant guy. But the cinematography was great, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about cinematography, I mean, they had some of the most beautiful landscapes, too, you know? That is true. Because he was, what, a trillionaire? And so you saw some of the most beautiful scenes, you know? That is true. And but, I would have liked John David Washington to get some love. But I will say I'm not too upset about it because Tenet does get a lot of love. And I actually... A lot of technical love. They're also getting best production design, yeah. which, you know, I, it's definitely got to get production design and best visual effects. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's in a couple of very deserving I characters. mean, they literally clashed an airplane. Yeah, I was about to say, it can't not be in there because what other film studio has done that? What has bought movie? and crashed an airplane. Yeah, exactly. But here's the one that I generally have a bone to pick, and I hope this somehow gets to the Academy Awards with their old you know, selves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and be nice, because I'm very mad about this. <laughs> How is Hamilton not nominated for film editing? That's crazy, man. It's bad enough Hamilton lost several nominations to Borat. Yeah. In the um, Golden Globes. And it got zero Oscar noms, period. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is somewhat understandable. I mean, it is a play. So I can get that. But they had three separate cameras filming the entire show. 
Yeah. And then they had to splice it seamlessly. And I, I've watched a lot of plays, mm-hmm. like where they're filmed on stage, and they're trash most yeah. of the time. Like it takes you out of it because you're like, well, there's not really good angles. But with this, like they had one where it was no audience, and they were literally on stage following the actors and actresses. Yeah. And so you got those close, intimate moments that you would have if you were in yeah. the seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the fact that that, that to me... That's a heartbreaker. It just discounts, it just takes away from me caring about the validity of any of these nominations. Yeah. Because that should have... We know how they are there, man. You're, you're going to get some snubs along the way. But Trey, you know, let's talk about something good. Oh, yeah. We saw a great movie. <laughs> we also saw a fantastic movie, but more on that later. But we went to the theaters, yeah. very safe, you know, taking good precautions. And it was worth it, Trey, because we saw The Courier. Sounds like work. No, tell them I'm in my chair. Yes, he's just walked in. This is unexpected. I can't believe I'm actually having lunch with spies. <laughs> I'm just a salesman. Guys, the curry was fantastic. If there is such a thing as a bad Benedict Cumberbatch movie, which which there isn't, um, the curry just continues to live up to his amazing repertoire. I genuinely can't think of a bad one. I can't think of one. He picks his projects well. In fact, when we talked, when I got out of the theater, I told Trey, I said, this is very reminiscent of the imitation game. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is a very, you know, serious movie very much about him bringing a lot and also based on a true story just like the imitation game yeah but so what this is about this is about bendit cumberbatch he is a british salesman and he gets um british interpol along with the uscia they come to him and this is during the cold war and they basically want him to be a spy to smuggle secrets in and out of russia yeah which I got to say, the story in real life is amazing Yeah, because it made so much sense. You know, you don't want to send a spy because yeah. they have to pretend to be somebody. Why not send someone who is that person? It's very natural. It's very fluent, you know? And what a great, it, what a great true story, yeah. but what a great salesperson because not only did he have to, you know, sell the position that he's actually just going over there um, to make trade deals... But he's also, once he's captured, is making a sales pitch that he had nothing to do with it, and he uh, he's totally innocent. First of all, slow down there, Dixie. Well, here's the thing. This is based on a true story. I so. know, but so, you know, in the beginning, he's a salesman, and mm-hmm. he he's the kind of salesman you want. He yeah. doesn't seem, you know, fictitious. He yeah. seems like a genuine guy. He's like, look, he's almost like Trey. <laughs> yeah, he, right. he just walks in the room. Hey, buddy, do you need a beer? <laughs> you know, gets you a couple beers. You know, when you're sitting here sipping a beer, you think about home security. Like, he just slips well, it in very naturally. I got to say, one of my favorite lines in the movie, he says, let me ask you a question. He said, um, can you hold your can you hold your alcohol? And he looks at him real serious, and he's like, it's my one true gift. And dude, I busted out laughing in the theaters when I saw but that. It's just, and see, what's so great is this is a very serious movie. Cause, yeah. You know, 
um, the British and the Americans, they were like, look, Russia's about to nuke the planet. Yeah. So we have to, you know, be very, you know, sneaky about this. We have to be very intelligent about this. And you got Ben Cumberbatch, who's like, oh, what's happening over there? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You know? These type of movies, and we were talking about this when we got out of the theater, mm-hmm. Imitation Game is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, fantastic. I think it could, it's very arguable that it could be in the top 10 of the decade. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I could easily argue that point. Well, here's the thing. The Courier is very much like that movie. It first has Benedict Cumberbatch in an amazing performance yet based again. Based off a true story. Based off a true story. And what's crazy about these movies, I walk out the theater and I say, look at these unsung heroes that have changed the world and we didn't even know it. Yeah. And we need movies like this to, you know, showcase showcase what they did. And just like an imitation game, you can't imagine what they had to go through. Yeah, because, you know, it's fun in games for a while, and it, you're just having a good time. You're laughing. Yeah. And then it slowly starts to sink in as the deeper you get. Yeah. To a point where it is, like, not only very tense, mm-hmm. but just heartbreaking what this man goes through. Oh, man. So where he just, you know, becomes robbed of you know, his name, robbed of his dignity yeah, and everything. And you're right. It's very interesting. You know, I, he he does a lot of projects like this because I was thinking he was also involved in 1917. Yeah, which, he was in 1917. Another movie about an unsung hero. The Current War. Yeah. You know, he plays a lot of historically, you know, well, historical fact-based movies, you know. And then he can also be Sherlock. Yeah. He, oh man. He can be smoke. The Sherlock, by the way. Yeah. Not just Sherlock. The Sherlock. Yeah. Downey Jr. You know is good. Downey Jr. was great. Some of the older films like Hound of Baskervilles are very good. But yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock, and of course, Doctor Do- Strange. Oh. Oh yeah. I, I mean, can't wait till, you know, the Multiverse of Madness comes yeah. out so we can review that. God, he is great. And I just, I don't know, there's just a presence about, about you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, and he definitely carried this movie. Um, but not to, you know, disregard the rest of the cast. No, the rest of the cast was fantastic. I don't say this often, but if you ask me, point out who you think was the weakest actor or actress in the movie. I couldn't do it. With this one, I could not do it. Because if you take Benedict out of the equation, of course, because he... You know, is the lead. Like everyone was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Rachel Brosnahan, mm-hmm. amazing as a CIA agent. Do you remember who the Russian was? You know, I'm really gonna butcher his name on this one, mm-hmm. so I apologize. But um, Mirab uh, Nininsky, uh, or um, yeah, Mirab Nanitsi. Nanitsi. Yeah. I was trying to think Russian pronunciations. Yeah. Exactly. Eddie's a spy, too. Hey. He spent a lot of time in Russia, Thanks, guys. He, he knows his Cover beautiful... Blunt. Cover blunt. He knows exactly how to say it perfectly. <laughs> hey, that's done, yeah. But, sorry we butchered his name, but he was fantastic because he was so sympathetic because yeah. he was a traitor yeah. to his nation in their eyes. Yeah. And he just had such just a very calm and low performance, but mm-hmm. it was... You really felt for him, and there's a scene. No, I mean, 
I'm not going to spoil it, even though Trey's right, this is based on something history, but yeah. there's one scene near the end where Benedict tells him something, and that scene like brought actually brought it to your Oh, eye. man. Cho- you talking about the very yeah. end? Yeah. You know what scene I'm talking oh, about. Oh, man. That, that got me in my throat, guys. And, you know, I don't... Eddie will tell you, I'm not a teary guy. It's hard for movies to really choke me up. That one really did get me, man. And let me tell you, if this movie isn't up for some nominations yeah it's come be. next year gotta be then you know what you, just, you'll all be hearing from us next year yeah we'll be we'll be sending a letter to the yeah. academy awards yeah you know we'll be infiltrating them as the next oh courier but the courier too let's also you know um give a little shout out to angus Wright too you know mm-hmm. with all these shout outs because yeah. these and of course there's even you know there's great performances you know across the board but mm-hmm. these are the people you see the most in the movie and he was, Angus Wright was the um, MI6 oh, intelligence. Yeah. He did a great job. I mean, he he had that Ralph Fiennes performance, you know, to I me. I could see that. And he just, he sold the position very well. I could easily see him playing him as well. He was great in that role. But, yeah, I mean, the list just goes on. And, you know, I, don't, you know, I just, man, I just can't say enough about it. It was a great movie. Can we... Can we um, put our cheer drinkings on there? You know what? I think we can. So for me, now I know this isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea because yeah. it is a very drawn-out movie, very slow-paced. But very if, dramatic. Very dramatic. But if you want a solid movie that you're going to walk out of with some knowledge, with you know, feeling some real heartbreak for somebody, yeah, and just overall just be like, that was just a solid movie then this is 100% something you need to see whether you, you know safely go to a theater, whether you wait for it at home. But I would give it, I could not give it any less than a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, I totally agree with you. This, this is a 4.5. The only reason it's not a 5, it's not because of any anything bad on the movie. It's mm-hmm. just because it's not a movie I could rewatch a lot. So I have to bump it down a peg just because... You know, rewatchability does add, like you say, a, a hefty margin in my in my judging. But man, let me tell you, based on a movie, and based on the execution, the acting, the writing, cinematography across the board, this is a five five cheers caliber movie. Yeah, and you know, the one thing people gotta realize is like, if every movie is a five star movie, then it, yeah. it's a meaningless rating. Yeah, exactly. You know, like exactly. three stars is still a great rating. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I mean, one star, like some movies we've talked about, yeah. you know, that's a bad rating. Yeah. But four and a half, that's an incredible yeah. rating. I would tell anyone, go out and see this movie. This is a per- oh, like a near-perfect movie. Seriously, near-perfect movie. Could you movie. say it's a behemoth of a movie? Possibly. Because, you know, Bandit Cumberbatch, one of the things that he played was Smoke, Smoke the Dragon from The Hobbit. Smog. Yes. Smog. Yeah. I'm saying it like Martin Short said it. Okay, well, let's uh, disregard Martin Short because... Oh, wait, not Martin. Wait, is it Martin Short? I don't want to get my Martins mixed yeah, up. Yeah, well, we're getting a lot of things mixed up, okay, Do- buddy? Dr. Watson. Oh, my God. Well, I look. I just can't even right now. Hold on, that's going to bug me. 
Yeah, Since no, my you boy's know just leaving me out to dry. Okay, yeah. Someone needs to leave this man out to dry. But while he's um, researching here, Eddie picked out a great beer, which is Dragon Con's very own mead called Dragon's Martin Nectar. Freeman. Martin I don't know wh- Freeman. I, okay, so sorry about that butchering. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Trey was being a little short with me, so that's where that came Oh, out. yeah, that's what it was. But so... You know, Bennett Cumberbatch, and we have a list about to come up. Mm-hmm. And I saw this can, first of all, one of the most beautiful cans we've done. I would oh, say yeah. the best can. You would say? I would say the best can we've done on this show. Nah, Bat Squatch is my favorite. Well, for me, this yeah. one, because it's a full art, it's just beautiful colors. It is up there. It is up there. So this is by Monk's Meadery, which is Georgia, a Georgia meadery. You know, we're yep. some Georgia boys. Yep. Dragon, Dragon Con makes and sense. And they did a Dragon Con Dragon's Nectar. Yeah. So Dragon Con, fantastic Labor Day weekend con. One of my favorite things in life to do. Yeah. And this Dragon's Nectar is a session mead made with passion fruit, hibiscus, and dragon fruit. This beer is fantastic. It, I typically am not a mead person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not something I even, like, have tried really. Right. But I gotta say, this is really good. It's like a sweeter, kind of more for like beery, if yeah. that's a word. Oh yeah, version of wine. I gotta say, it the coloring on this beer is beautiful. I know you haven't yeah. poured it in a glass, but when I when I did, it was fantastic. It it's a red, it's a mm. red beautiful coloring to sort it. Sort of like a dragon jewel. Yeah, or like a um, Killian's. Mm. A little brighter version of Killian's. Maybe like a uh, Rapturous, but yeah, or um, Enchantress or something like that. But yeah, it's fantastic. Great flavors. Y'all got to go out and try this one. Yes. I don't know if you can get it outside of Georgia. I don't know if they ship. I'm sure they will. But Monk's Meadery, check them out. If you're in Georgia, so I've discussed on the show, we usually go to the bottle shop. Right. It's one of our local shops. They're the nicest people. But I actually went to, um, in our downtown Columbus, mm-hmm. I went to Multitude, yes. another nice local shop, real cool place. Mm-hmm. They had this, I picked it up, and just beautiful can, great taste, and just overall, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love this beer, man. I'd go and get more of it in a heartbeat. But you know, the reason I chose this is because not only does it tie in with Bendit Cumberbatch, yeah. you know, but it also ties in with the list of the week. And I tasked Trey this week with top five dragon movies. Oh, this is this this was a little bit more challenging than I thought it was going to be because a lot of people don't know there's like over a hundred dragon movies. So here's the thing: most people are going to say Desolation of Smog. It, it, you know, that's like one of the first things that comes to their mind. But you know, you only get so much time with him, yeah. and it wasn't a lot. Now the movie was great. I want to say it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not much. And I just, I don't know. I, I had to skip out on it, but the movie is a great one. A little spoiler. Well, and everybody's, you know, dragon movie is different. Yeah. Like, you could have something where it's pure dragons. Absolutely. You could have something like Desolation Smog. You could have Peach Dragon. Yeah. Or you could have Animated, which we yeah. might get into. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, but Trey, start us off. Hit us with that top five. Okay. At number five. Mm-hmm. I got to throw in, because, you know, I got some animated in here, man. Got to. Kung Fu Panda. Which one? Kung Fu Panda 3. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, 
Kung Fu Panda had one of the best lines in it. This I, line. I love Kung Fu Panda. I do too. First off, love Jack Black. Real. Can I say my controversial opinion and then let you go? Just yes. So people will overlook it. Yes. I will tell anyone on any given day, the Kung Fu Panda movies are better than the Shrek movies. That you know what? That's that's bold, my boy. Now, if you solely were judging Shrek Two and Puss in Boots, I might have to go with the Shrek movies. But as a collective, oh yeah, Kung Fu Panda, so much better. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's tough, man, but I will say Kung Fu Panda is incredible. And like I said, one of my absolute favorite lines, Mm -hmm. and I just, I don't know, there's just certain things that stay with me, and when he, when one of, like, the grandmasters said, Mm -hmm. um, this line, he said, you know, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's a gift, that's why they call it the present. Do you know who said that? It's in that movie. I know, but do you know who initially said that? Uh-uh. Winnie the Pooh. Are you serious? Yeah, that was that was in a Winnie the Pooh book. Oh, wow. Because I, I've contemplated getting it as a tattoo. That is one of the best lines. Oh, man. yeah. One Winnie of the favorite. Pooh, man. Winnie the Pooh was wise. Man, he throws, he throws some wise. Once again, fat bear. Just saying. Hey, you know what, man? I'll give you some arguments there. Um, but Kung Fu Panda 3. Yes. You dig it. Oh, loved it. So, my next one at number four is fairy tale dragon cry mm. now you know i love some anime yeah i've been on the biggest anime kick lately this is very true i can attest i haven't watched fairy tale in a while but i remember that being one of my favorites because it's a standalone mm-hmm. and it's all about um natsu and everyone just going out and going to an island and fighting a dark evil mm-hmm. but it's a little cool twist in there and what I really liked about it is the scenery and the dragon. The I actually back. saved that one because I want to look it up. Oh, it's amazing. Dude, please I, go I wrote it side. down because I want to check it out. Oh, yeah. And, I, dude, I love fairy tale. I, fairy t- so, you know me. I have watched a good bit of anime. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot of the, like, present mm-hmm. day stuff, you know? I watched a bunch of stuff, like, when we were kids. Yeah. You know, your Hellsings, your Trigun, yeah. Sergeant Frog, Saber Marionette J. Yeah. But Fairy Tale I've seen a little bit of, and I've liked it. So yeah. I'll definitely give this a shot. And yeah, it's, and I love that it's very fairy tale, you yeah. know? And that's what makes it so cool. That's what really enticed me about it. But at number three, Seventh Son. I was a little surprised by this one. Dude, I liked Seventh Son. Did you like it? I thought it was okay. Oh, man. Seventh Son was actually pretty good, man. I, I dug it. First off, you know, it definitely is like, I thought it was going to be really bad at first because when I saw mm-hmm. a trailer and I saw Jeff Bridges, I was like, oh, is this going to be another um, RIPD situation, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, ah, you know. But dude, if you know, I love Dungeons and Dragons, man. Yeah. Big D&D player. And it had all the elements that I loved, man. You know, Jeff Bridges being a trainer, mm-hmm. trying to kill Julianne Moore as the witch. You know, he only had so much time to do it. Mm-hmm. And it just was cool. It had a lot of, like, mythical creatures in it, which, obviously, I dug it, man. Hmm. So what did you not like about it? I just, I mean, I didn't dislike it. Okay. It was just one of those movies where I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, like, I can give you that. It's just one where I'm, like, not going to be, you know, going to the blockbuster yeah. and being like, yeah. oh, man, where's that seventh son at? But, you know, it did have some cool dragon scenes, too, man. And it, it, 
but yeah. he's, it's it's a lot better than like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that one for sure. But um, at number two, this is the one I think you'd be most surprised at, is I Am Dragon. Let me tell you, when I was, when you sh- sent me your list uh-huh. and I was putting it together, yeah, that one I starred because that poster is amazing. It is, dude. I couldn't wait for you to tell me about this one. So, it's on Netflix, okay? Mm. And now it was on Netflix. I think it's on Prime. It might be I on wanna Prime. I want to say I saw it's on Prime. But dude, it is a bit it does have its melodramatic moments, okay? okay? And the best way for me to explain it is and see here here it goes again, man. I'm a sucker for the fairy tale stuff, dude. Like I love that like mythical But you also like like King Arthur and stuff. Yes. Like that. Oh, love King Arthur, yeah. man. Love that. And I will say it kind of reminded me of um God, now I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um It was the the witches uh movie with Jesus, hold on. Hold on. I'm having a moment. <laughs> I'm having a moment here. This is a great movie. Um, I will have this answer for you in two seconds because it has Teresa Palmer in it. And the answer... That's the show, Discovery of Witches. Discovery of Witches, yes. It has that element to it. It's a more mature... Like, I Am Dragon is a a more mature, like, writing, Mm -hmm. but it still has the melodramatic aspects of, like, Twilight and Discovery of Witches. Mm -hmm. But it's basically just, you know, a princess is captured, you know, by a dragon. But he doesn't really know what he's doing and then he's learning that he is a dragon Mm -hmm. and then it's all about where she falls in love with him but he's scared that he'll kill her and then you know he wants to he takes her to an island Mm. which is really cool but she wants to you know they end up falling in love and she wants you know she's a princess Mm -hmm. of course you know with all princesses the the kings have a certain lineup they want you know but then He's like, no, no, I, I don't want to. You know, if when they find out what I am, you know, they'll try and get me killed, and they wouldn't accept me anyway for my my class and stature. But it had a really cool ending, and I gotta say, man, for it, a love story, which I'm not big on love stories, it was pretty good. And you know, the the dragon was pretty cool too. Uh, you could definitely tell with some CG, but yeah. I, I still liked it. I'll check it out. You should check it out. But at number one. Because how can you not? How to Train Your Dragon 3. How the to Train Your Dragon Yes. Yeah. Because let me tell you what. I loved the whole series. Loved the whole series. It definitely wasn't what the books were intending for that show to be. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a very dark Game of Thrones style. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's how the books were written. But I'm happy with how it turned out. Because they did make it for kids. But it was really well done. I loved all three of the movies. I really did. I loved all three of them. And the CG was... I mean, the animation was beautiful, not the CG. But I gotta say, the third one... It made Steven Spielberg cry, okay, for one. And when he read the script. And two, the animation was out of this world. Oh, yeah, it, the color. It reminded me of something like Coco or... Um, Book of Life. Book of Life. Just brilliant colorations. And the story was fantastic. And I always, there's something about a trilogy when they're done right 
closing the book. There's something about the third for a lot of movies for me that that really just speak to me. But also, it was it was it had beauty in it, man. When they it showed you know their kids at the end, them getting married. Oh yeah, it, it was, showed the dragons getting married. It was a it was a great movie. Hopefully, I'll get that Crudes three. Oh man, yeah, Crudes three would be great too, man. You know that Let's like, hope. and I think they will. I think they Let's will. Hope. I just maybe another ten years. I, Oh, God, let's hope not. <laughs> I don't know if Nick Cage can last that long. <laughs> but, dude, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, those dragon movies are tough, but those ones really work for I me. I like it because, so, you know, my list, it's very, like, something you would see coming. Mm. But I like yours because it, you cu- throw in a couple of movies that people might not have heard of that are, you know, newer movies. Well, and this one is probably my most range. Really, I only had two live actions. Mine's a nostalgia trip. Okay. All right, man. Let's dive in. Just so you know. So, just to try and pop someone who might be listening, yeah. you know, because people love to mention this movie, even though no one truly likes it, I think. Mm-hmm. Reign of Fire is an honorable mention. Okay, yeah. You know, we've yeah. all seen it. I will say this, though. The best looking dragons for for a live action. That's why I mentioned it yeah. because those dragons. The dragons were amazing. The movie itself, yeah, not, not so great. Nah, but those dragons. Yeah, when you saw those, they looked oh, on point. Amazing, amazing. I just needed more story. I yeah. just needed more story well, you, there. You see where they put the money. Yeah, exactly. They were like, we're gonna hire good actors and get good dragons. Other yeah. than that, other than that, we're just gonna throw spears. So number five, speaking of nostalgia. Movie I know my boy's seen, and that's Quest for Camelot. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know that. You know. Because... Dude, great movie. I didn't even think about it. Great movie. I love all the different mythical creatures in it. Yeah. Like the little uh, axe chicken. Yeah. But I like the dragon because, number one, it's a bipedal dragon. Yeah. And number two, it's a two-headed dragon, where one is like a little fat head and one's like a long neck I forgot all about that movie. But I just love it. You know, it's kind of like... You know, King Arthur meets very mythical meets mm-hmm. goofy kids movie. Yeah. And it just all comes together and it's enjoyable. So that is my number five. Okay. So number four movie I watched all the time as a kid because Practical Effects Dragon. Mm-mm. Yeah. And that's Dragon World. Wow. No, I've never this seen it. This kid, after his parents die, he goes to... This was a VHS direct video. Okay. He goes to live with his grandfather in Scotland, and he meets a dragon. And it's, a like, you know, small. It's, like, you know, probably person in a costume. Yeah. A lot of puppetry and, like, stuff. Yeah. But, um, and then 15 years goes by, he still, you know, knows the dragon, friends with the dragon. Yeah. Dragon gets captured by an amusement park. Oh, wants yeah. wants to profit. Kid has to save it. Great movie, though. They made sequels that were very bizarre. Oh, yeah. As most of those type of movies. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. But Dragon World, the first one, I don't know where you'd be able to watch it. Probably on YouTube or a bootleg DVD or Mm -hmm. something. But great movie. Number three. So, three and two is a tie. Because one, I've only seen once. So it's hard to say, but mm-hmm. it has potential okay. to be in front of the other. So I'm just going to say this is a tie for three and two because mm-hmm. I hold them in the same regard at this moment. 
So, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World. Got to, man. Fantastic movie. Absolutely. And that's coming from somebody who wasn't that big on the first two. Mm, that's crazy. I thought that it's kind of like how I feel with The Incredibles. Mm. I think it's a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good movie. But it's nothing that I like care to watch all the time. Yeah. Okay. Then came the third one, and that changed everything. Third one was great, man. I Two was great to me. One. But yeah, three was great too, man. But I tied that with Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, okay. Because Raya and the Last Dragon, hysterical mm. movie. Yeah. But also beautiful movie. Beautiful mm. story, but also beautiful colors. Oh, man. Like, especially there's this one scene involving dragons where every dragon, they're different colors. You know, they have different fantails. They're very much more like the Chinese dragon. Yeah. You know, that they do at parades. Yeah. They're much more like that, but just fantastic movie. Dude, solid list, man. We didn't do my number one. No, I'm just saying so oh, far. thank you. Yeah, Bye. solid list so far. But my number one, just because I love this movie with all my heart, mm-hmm. is Dragonheart. Oh, man, yeah. But you know what? Dennis Quaid, man. Dude, and Sean Connery. Oh, dude. The oh, dragon man. you didn't need, know you needed. Dude. And this movie has six sequels. Thought you were going to throw it. No Merlin? <laughs> no, no Merlin. There was a lot of movies I was considering, but... That's great, yeah. I don't blame you, man. Well, let me throw an honorable mention, because, you know, yeah. you did an honorable mention, I didn't think of that. Um, I really do love Onward. Onward, for me, would be a great um, honorable mention, because did have a dragon at the end, bro. Okay. That one's stretching a little what? bit there, Chief. What? That one's stretching a little that's bit like there, saying Chief. That's like saying you couldn't put Desolation on Smog, then. No, because yeah. that was legitimately a dragon. Bro, there is definitely a dragon in Onward. I'm trying not to spoil things, Trey. There is definitely a dragon in Onward. Yeah, and Killer Clowns had a T-Rex. Okay, we're, we are pulling up pictures of this, okay? Oh my god! And that was a great movie. Great movie. Okay. The I, only reason I didn't put it on there, for the same reason, Desolation of Smog. I, or Smog, as Eddie wants to call it around I'm here. I'm telling you, that's how Martin Freeman said it. <laughs> well, guess what? I uh, didn't listen to Martin Freeman. Guess what? I'm a hobbit, so I was trying to honor my hobbit. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Um, yes, I, Trey, I know the movie. I know the dragon you're talking about. Yeah, but you know another one I'm surprised you didn't say? Hmm. The Kid Who Would Be King. Never really cared for that movie. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, was... fine movie, but just nothing like I rewatched. Right, right. But yeah, overall, as I look up the you oh know, school goodness. Eddie up on here. He's not going to school me. But I'm going to school so, this would normally be where we'd end the episode, mm. but since, you know, we didn't do last week's episode, slash we're doing this week's episode very early, we're giving you a bonus review. And the yes. bonus review is for Captain Fantastic. Yes. What we created here may be unique in all of human existence. All the way to top. We created a paradise. <laughs> You're so incredible. Your kids are amazing. They're so Mom needs to be in the hospital right now. So Captain Fantastic is starring Vigo Mortensen, mm-hmm. or as he's known as in It's Always Sunny, Vigo Morgenstein, <laughs> yeah. where he is living out in the woods with his six children. Yes. And he, you know, they are completely cut off from society aside from when he does his like once a month trip into town yes you know his wife's not there 
and um, he's just raising these children to be a hundred percent self-sufficient. Yeah, he's teaching them how to hunt, how to like you know skin, how to cook, how to plant, how to grow, how to you know mend illnesses, mend wounds. Yeah. He has them read at, you know, even the little children has them read at, like, you know, college level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just making them just, you know, self-sufficient geniuses is what he aims for. This movie, guys, for y'all that, you know, look forward to our top 13 of the year every year, yeah, this will be on it because this movie was incredible. Okay, and let's talk about the names. Let's talk about the subtle, subtle supporting cast, which it is subtle because you don't get a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. We get Ann Dowd, who mm. was in Hereditary. Yeah. Okay. We get Frank Langella, which is amazing. There's very few movies I don't hate him in. Yeah, yeah, and that's I true. I hated him in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was great in the box, though. That was He was a very eerie performance in the box. Yeah. Aaron Moriarty, which is Starlight. Okay. Oh, can I say my favorite one? Which one? They had Steve Zahn oh, in yeah. the movie Married to Catherine Hahn. <laughs> I know. But then a shout out to George McKay from 1917. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, the whole movie, I mm. was like, I know this dude, but the yeah. hair and everything was throwing me off. Yep. Oh, he was great. He so was amazing. George McKay plays one of his um, Viggo Mortensen's children. Yeah, and he has six children. And let me just say, Viggo Mortensen, great performance. Amazing. You know, when I saw the trailer for this, I didn't really know what to expect, and I was just like, ah, maybe I'll watch it one day. Right. Trey sold me on it. I watch it. Let me tell you, the his six children, they are literally the heart and soul of this movie. You couldn't do it without them. They, like, they give the most, some of the most heartfelt performances of child actors I've ever seen. I had to remember that we're not just watching the lives of someone on a documentary. Yes. That this was a movie and they're acting. They were so convincing that they lived this type of lifestyle. Yeah. It was hard for me to grasp. That's how amazing it was. And, you know, before we tell more about this... Let me just say one thing. So, y'all know that I have been very, you know, outward about, I think Nomadland is very overrated, Mm -hmm. very overhyped, you know, probably one person like Roger Ebert said something good, and so all the critics were like, oh, we gotta say it's good too. Like, I haven't even watched it yet because I'm not looking forward to it, you know? And I'll tell you, this movie, it put a light on every reason I don't like Nomadland. Oh, yeah. Number one, in this movie, before we're introduced to this plot, you get a feel for this family. You're introduced to Viggo Mortensen and the children, and you like them. You see, you love them. You see who they are. You see why you should care about them, and you do. It's very natural. And these are some of the smartest kids in the world. Oh, I mean, seriously. Even the little eight-year-old. Yeah. Their relationship... It's addicting to watch. And it yeah. honestly makes you question, should I raise my kids like this? Because obviously there's pros and cons. Yes. And the movie does a very good job of showing you that. But it's still so fun to watch. And it still makes you question if I should See, raise my kids like this. And that's another thing with Nomadland. <laughs> yeah. That never 
has me wonder pros and cons. Right. Because it, you know, it's not, it's just like, this is what happens. Right. Whereas this is like, shows you, hey, look, we're going to show you this and we're going to really like it. But then we're going to have some people bring up very valid points. Valid points. Yeah. And the way they intersect everything, it was just brilliant. One of the best written, most competently made movies. I'm addicted to this movie. I can genuinely say that. We talk about replay value. I cannot wait to show this to every person and get their experience from it. And it just, it hits you in a way you don't think it's going to hit you. Yeah. Because it is, like, one, after you grow to love these people. Yeah. Like, I'm saying you love them. Yeah. Then you find out that the mom, you know, she was suffering from mental illness. She yeah. took her own life. Yeah. And there's a scene, and they don't shy away from it. There's a scene where the kids are just finding out that their mom, yeah. who's been gone. That got What me. was it, like, two years or yeah. 11 months? Oh no, she had um she had been gone for uh two two and a half months. Okay, two and a half months. That's and what it was. then um he tells them, you know And they just break down. Yeah. And it's just a very just breaks your heart. It does. Cause you see that Viggo Mortensen is trying to be strong for yeah. his kids and he's not trying to cry. But you can tell it's just weighing like a ton of bricks on him. And all of his kids are just suffering, and it and they all do such. Yet again, acting is incredible. But let me let me take the time to shout out to the director, okay, Matt mm-hmm. Ross, mm-hmm. which I wasn't too familiar with the name. I was like, who's Matt Ross? And then I see what he's done, and I'm like, well, okay, this makes sense. He's done American Psycho with Christian Bale. Oh wow, a cla- a great one, a great one of your favorites, Face Off. Hmm. He's also done The Aviator, which was an amazing movie. And then he's had, you know, directing episodes, Silicon Valley, American Horror Story. I mean, some great stuff. So it did not surprise me when I, you know, see the caliber that he's, you know, filming at. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, guys, again, this is a guaranteed lock in my top 13. I don't know where, but it's a guaranteed lock, and I cannot wait. He also wrote it. Yeah, oh, yeah, Andy wrote, yeah. But I can't wait to get more people on this movie if you haven't seen it. I'm getting Spencer to watch it this weekend. One of the best movies I've seen this decade. And this is only the second movie he's ever written. I believe, Well, he needs to be writing more. He really does, because it lives up to that fantastic. Yeah, it does. You, I mean, he is Captain Fantastic. Viggo Mortensen is an amazing dad. He likes uncertain things, and you'll, you'll see that, but he much makes up for it and how great of a person he is and just his honesty he treats his kids like adults and he he prepares them better than anyone i've ever seen prepare kids for life except for one aspect in one aspect yeah they bring up yeah yeah they don't shy away from it and he learned from it at the end which you remember he did and let me say the ending they didn't go a overly predictable route they went a very cool route and just a great movie. And one last cool thing about it, I love how they named Viggo Mortensen and his wife named all their kids something different. Yeah. And it was beautiful because he said they wanted them to be 
one in a million, like original. Well, yeah. no, the only one. Yeah, the only one, yeah. 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 Each child, they completely made up a name yeah. just so they would be the only one in existence. Yeah. It's just something so powerful about this movie. I cannot recommend it enough, guys. So, cheers rating? Oh, it's five. Five out of five for me. Mine's a 4.5. 4.5? With room to grow. Okay, okay. But, guys, I know this was a little long episode, but, you know, we had to make up for it thanks to my scheduling mishap. That's all right. And, you know, we're posting early. Yep. And, you know, if you want to tell us what our opinions are, you know, are they wrong to you? Are they right to you? Yeah. Do you hate us? Do you love us? Yeah. Do you want to send us a movie recommendation? And, I mean, it's okay. I mean, we know my opinions won't be wrong, but if you want to say that about Eddie, that's like, we get it. You know, it's totally fine. But yeah, but yeah, send Eddie uh, some hate, real cute, and you know, send me some love. Totally, totally you know fine. What? But where, where can they find us? At? Where can they contact? You know, us? I would love for you to tell me you hate me because then you're mentioning my name and not Trey's name. <laughs> but if you want to do that, there's so many ways you can do it. You can go to Facebook.com/slash Toast2Film. That's the number two. You can go to Twitter at Film underscore Toast. You can look for us on a Toast of Film on Instagram. Which, by the way. As of this week, I modded it. So that is not only the official Instagram of a toast of film, but it is the official Instagram of aspiring actor Eddie Bowman. Look at that. So it's a little dual Instagram. Okay, very you know, good. For, for all my Raleigh peeps that might be listening. <laughs> and you can directly email us, bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. But from Trey and myself, we just want to wish you a good night and good viewing. Good viewing, everyone.